This is FS Uncovered, podcast of M&M Service Company, serving our customers' needs by providing excellent products, services, and innovative solutions. So today we have with us the Crops Guys. So we have Brian Fairful, Tyler Richmond, Dan Niemeyer, Matt Boston, and Jason Buller. So first of all, Matt and Dan have not been on our show before, so... Matt, we'll start with you. Can you give us a little background about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, how you came to be with M&M Service and what you do currently? Yeah. Uh, like Chris said, Matt Boston. Um, I graduated um, from Illinois State University in two, 2014, uh, became a crop specialist. So I've been here roughly uh, seven years. Um, my wife and uh, my three kids and I reside in Girard. So I am a uh, regional sales agronomist for the company. I've been in that role for three years now. Uh, prior to that, I was just uh, a crop specialist. Uh, I cover uh, northern Macoupin County and northern Montgomery County. Okay, awesome. Dan, same question. Um, yeah, so my name is Dan Niemeyer. Um, I, too, graduated from Illinois State University, though I, uh, I graduated with high honors. So you can look that up. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I, do. Yeah. I just looked at my... Yep, I was straight A's, so <laughs> look her up. Um, I am a regional sales agronomist for M&M Service as well. I do frequent the energy side from time to time. My, uh, my office is uh, in the Madison County uh, area. And uh, yeah, I look forward to answering any questions here. Okay, thanks guys for introducing yourselves. Welcome to our show. So as I mentioned before, I wanted to talk a little bit about this fall. We... Um, obviously had our plots and harvest has come and gone. So we just wanted to talk about what you guys saw this fall as far as um, outstanding varieties and other um, observations that you guys might, might have had this fall. So who wants to go first? Okay, we'll just start with Tyler. He looks ready. Tyler Richmond, cross specialist here. The central part of Macoupin County. Um, I don't know. I guess the one thing I think about going back to the previous podcast that we did out of Carmel North Plot was uh, this was our first year with extend a full extend flex lineup, um, both out in the country on on the majority of our acres um, on our on our growers, but also in the plots. So it, it was definitely a little bit more anticipation going into this year's harvest and, and plot season to see where these were all, like I said, brand new varieties for us. Um, first time kind of looking and feeling and touching on these beans. And, um, I'd say overall, you know, we were, we were relying on a lot of breeder data and, and prior years, um, just small scale plots. And I think, we did pretty good here at M&M Service Company with uh, placing both the Asgrow and High Soy Extendflex um, varieties based on what limited data that we did have, and and I think it all turned out really well. Um, that that's the one thing that I guess uh, stands out to me about this past harvest. But no, I agree with Tyler uh, in that regard. Uh, we were coming into limited data and. Uh, it, we were trying to set ourselves up from the competition, you know, knowing obviously Pioneer is a big uh, competitor of ours in the seed industry. So uh, we knew the route they were taking and, and uh, obviously trying to tell our story um, 
on the going to um, extend flex, obviously having the ability to sell the the enlist uh, a bean as well. Uh, that kind of makes us, uh, you know, privileged in, in uh, the varieties that we do offer in both a high soy bag and an Azro bag. But, uh, you know, obviously the seed, it sells itself. You know, the brands that we sell, I feel that we did good. And, this, and coming even to this fall harvest-wise, uh, the proof was in the pudding again with uh, with the yield that uh, we've seen from uh, the Extend Flex uh, situation. I think Southern Madison or Madison County in general um, has its issues when it comes to the metropolitan area. And sometimes we feel like we are um, kind of pushed into a corner uh, when it comes to selecting hybrids, um, especially on the soybean side. Corn, wide variety, I think had a lot of success in both the DeKalb and Envision lineup. Um, but uh, when it comes to that soybean acre, uh, the Enlist Acre, I think, it looks attractive this year. Um, these Enlist hybrids have been, or Enlist varieties, have been uh, increasing in popularity and also improving. So I look forward to that Enlist Acre improving once again this year. Uh, Jason Bowler, seed specialist. Um, I get a little further to the east than any of these other three guys uh, sitting around the table here, so I guess I'll speak a little bit about Montgomery County. Um Montgomery County really was extremely fortunate as we look at the uh, weather patterns. Um, I mean, really, I would say east of I-55, um, the further east you get, kind of the more favorable weather conditions really we got. Um, west of 55, there was quite a bit of flooding concern and a lot of um, replant issues in some pockets, um, big pockets of central Macoupin County, actually. But, I mean, people were pulling some record crops off of uh, – pretty well every township in Montgomery County with the exception of maybe uh, some up in the panhandle. Um, very fortunate. Um, we saw great performance out of the DeKalb Vision uh, line uh, like we've talked about. Uh, Montgomery County really went heavy on the uh, Extend Flex um, trait platform. We saw a lot of uh, really good yields out of the new Asgrow varieties and uh, great performance out of the new uh, Extend Flex high soys as well. So very fortunate to have two really strong brands uh, in both crops. You guys talked a little, uh, a little bit about you know the, the newness coming into this year with, with, with some of the trait platforms and, and not having a lot of that data. What, what were some of the biggest surprises uh, that you came across through your geographies? Probably one of the biggest surprises was uh, the the amount of extend flex that was grasped in in the territory. Um, explain that. Explain that when you mean when you mean grasp, you mean the well, like limited data. Okay, you know, coming into it, um, you know, we were pretty much just uh, at the mercy of, like Tyler said, breeder trials, um, plot data, five hundred foot scale, you know, and obviously. Until uh, something gets planted on a certain acre, it's hard to validate and, and it's hard to uh, uh, a guy to trust that decision that they so, made. And go ahead. I would, I would say so. Your so your customers, what you're saying, your customers took a took a pretty big leap of faith this year. Yeah, they pretty much took a big leap of faith at, at information that we were we were giving them. Um, obviously, the I think. Some guys maybe hit the easy button on crop protection. That's the thing in, in my geography is, is crop protection was starting to follow a lot of the bean trait. And so I was trying to steer them the other way of following genetics. And when we see genetics, we, we felt it was in the Extend Flex bag. Obviously, we understand an Enlist bag 
fits a certain area, like Dan's area of municipalities where you can't um, spray certain acres of, uh, say, dicamba. Um, so uh, we used a lot of liberty where we could use dicamba. We, we, we did, and it worked out really, really well on a crop protection standpoint. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, when yield uh, was, was harvested, Extend Flex had the upper hand over Enlist, um, not by a lot, you know, but uh, I think uh, I think it showed itself, and and I think another um, I, I wouldn't call it a misconception, but uh, uh, I guess a, a, a nervousness about the decision to go to Extend Flex is carrying that Liberty trait. You know, there was a lot of uh, um, people in the countryside seed industry um, saying the Liberty trait could could have a little bit of a yield drag. Uh, over the dicamba genetics because it was uh, older you know, older genetics that they were using in those beans. But uh, that come not to be um, the case. So, Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, in Madison County, it, it, it's similar to what Matt's saying. A lot of guys took a leap of faith based off of uh, what limited uh, data they had. When it came to that enlist lineup, um, there, there really wasn't much out there uh, proving uh, that there was a lot of good numbers out there. And I, I hate saying that, but there was a lot of darts being thrown at the board when it came to the enlist lineup. Um, guys were more desperate to uh, clean up fields um, where dicamba wasn't necessarily a, an option in most areas. You could have made it work at times. But um, I think there's a lot of uh, little nervousness and a lot of liability with that dicamba um, herbicide package. So, yeah, same thing. Um, our growers, it surprised me that our growers bought into the Enlist lineup so quickly, um, knowing that there's going to be some duds. And there were. And I guess that's what I, I am excited that we, we have almost uh, a full line of, of good Enlist beans. So, so guys, you guys uh, really hit on um, the two different trait platforms that, uh, that are – the two main trait platforms that we have to offer in the Asgro and High Soy brands, you know, taking taking those trait trait platforms aside, uh, what's your recommendations for for your growers? You know, you talked about the emotional play of um, you know keeping fields clean. What's your your strongest recommendation? Doesn't matter uh, on trait platform whether you're into the Dicamba camp or Liberty camp or, or uh, um, Enlist, you know give our, our listeners a taste of, of, you know, what they should be um, really trying to do for 2022 to keep their fields clean, regardless of traits. For me, um, I mean, I, I, as we look into 2022, obviously, uh, you know, 2021 was probably a record margin year. Um, we, in agriculture, were pretty blessed with, um, you know, a lot of reasonable priced commodities on inputs, um, and really caught some price appreciation through the growing season um, and had pretty favorable market conditions. Um, for 2022, with all the supply challenges and everything else, I mean, margins are looking to be tighter. Um, I guess to me, you try to control the controllables. I mean, there unfortunately, there are some things in the market that we have no say over, and I understand there's a very strong drive of some operations out there to try to save your way to prosperity. Um, but I mean, you really can't choke the golden goose to get more golden eggs out of it. You, um, I mean, to me, you got to maximize genetics, you got to maximize output. 
Um, I mean, it really is those last 10 bushels per acre. That's going to be a large chunk of your net margin at the end of the year. Um, uh, you know, don't, don't sacrifice what we can produce trying to say, trying to save a few nickels, I guess is, is my recommendation. If, if we have these good, uh, management practices that we know work and consistently produce, um, top output. I mean, we're going to need every bushel we can at the end of the year. And, um, like I said, don't, uh, don't sacrifice output to uh, save a little bit on input. Yeah, that was another, uh, um, I guess, tough thing coming into the 2021 season is obviously the dicamba label uh, re-registration. We know that was re-registered till 2025 with uh, some stricter stipulations in the in the Illinois um, uh, market with the, with a date cutoff, temperature cutoff. So coming into 2021. Uh, knowing if we can get dicamba sprayed was was uh, very important, but uh, at the same time we wanted to lead with genetics and knowing um, that we led with genetics and we'll, we'll worry about the crop protection. Obviously, the the best thing is uh, to uh, um, never uh, have a weed come up, you know. So using good pre's followed by a good post. Uh, most guys understand the the importance of an early planted soybean anymore and with the date cut off of dicamba if we can get dicamba sprayed it was still some of my cleanest fields um that i that i experienced in 2021 and i was spraying it june june 3rd you know june 4 june 5th uh time frame so the first part of june when i knew i had a good two weeks still of, of cushion there uh, to spray the chemistry um, and uh, you know i deal with a lot of 30 inch rows where where, where i'm at so good residuals on the pre and post side is is crucial I've seen a lot of ugly fields in the Icamba camp. I've seen a lot of ugly fields in the Enlist camp, and I've seen a lot of ugly fields in the in the Liberty camp. So it's, I, I really can't, you really can't pinpoint what chemistry works the best. It's just ninety percent of the time sticking to the plan that uh, is put in front of you uh, comes to fruition and always works. Yeah, and I'll, I'll echo that uh, pre-emerge. <clears throat> you have to start with a good pre-emerge, but when it comes to that post-pass, uh, don't skip on adjuvants. Uh, that's one thing that uh, with all these post-passes anymore, uh, you need to make sure your adjuvant package is correct for some of these to work correctly. I, I wanted to ask uh, you, you guys, again, once again, you, t- you talked about uh, you know, trying to sell last year for this year, uh, the newness of some of the, a lot of the products. What, with, with some of the results we saw this year, what... Uh, you know, how was it different selling this year? And, you know, and, and kind of more along the lines of, uh, of, of some of those corn traits and some of those, those products, how was it selling this year and what was kind of the strategy? And then again, I'll ask, I'll ask kind of a similar question. What were some of the surprises on some of the results that you saw? You know, on the corn side, we sell probably, well, I know we do. We sell the two best brands that we can, that they speak for themselves, right? I mean, both both lineups, the Envision and the Decal line, has a uh, have a deep lineup. Um, my big thing is the past two years we've been wet, wetter, and so you know some of the surprises, some of the um, hybrids that uh, surprised me the most are the ones that could stand the wet feet, you know, uh, the most. And I think to overcome some of the adversity with wind and rain that we see this year, um, the lineups that we do sell, the brands that we do sell, uh, were set themselves from the competition. On the corn side too, um, just looking at, at some of the data that has come in, uh, we're kind of kicking the tires on the Tricepta trait. 
And I think some of us that have been doing this for a while sometimes tend to get nervous when Syngenta brings a trait to the market, but they, they've just not had a great track record, but it, they're, it's looking up and uh, it looks like this might be the real deal. So um, both the uh, Envision and DeKalb lineups uh, offer some Tricepta, uh, obviously some newer hybrids, Maybe not have a whole lot of supply going into uh, 2022, but hopefully enough to get a 40 or an 80 out and, and get a look at it at some of these hybrids. And uh, and, and something new, uh, some new uh, insect packages um, that we're dealing with here. So there really hasn't been a whole lot of newness in that, in that lane here recently. So it's nice to have something new there. So Tyler, you uh, you hit on a brand new trait package offering. Um, I guess for our listening viewers um, who may not know, give us a thirty thousand foot view of what Tricepta is and and what it brings to the table to uh, our corn hybrids this year. And Jason, I guess you can chime in as well. So Tricepta is um, our standard VT two double pro, um, which is tolerance to Roundup as well as corn borer, with the addition of Viptera above ground. So as we look at some of these other traits on the market, um, I mean, sometimes like your Herculex products and stuff will have suppression of, um, you know, of worms. Uh, oh, technically a double pro. Um, it does have suppression of earworm. Viptera, Viptera brings control, not suppression to the market. Um, black cut worms, I mean, earworms, corn borer, I mean, control. Um, Tyler had mentioned, um, you know, some of us that have been around in the market for a while. When I was a younger crop specialist, I worked with a grower who, um, the first year Viptera came out, he had a Viptera hybrid in his planter, and he had um, refuge in, like, the four outside rows on his planter. And um, I remember that year he called me up, and uh, he says, I need you to come look at this. He says, I don't know what to do. He said, cutworms are destroying my refuge rows so bad. He's like, I would just completely tear this field up and replant if the Viptera didn't look so great. And I, you know, and I guess that's one of those experiences I'll never forget was, you know, I went out there and sure enough, I mean, it they were just eating off four rows and the remainder, like the other 20 rows on the planter were just unscathed. I mean, so it, it does bring that next level insect protection into some of the hybrids we're planting so i'm kind of excited to uh as we see more and more of it um tricepta hybrids uh, come to market but anything else related to corn you know our elite i'll call it our elite decal brand we you know our guys really lead with uh envision brand uh right behind it um you know anything you guys want to touch on with those two brands and and uh you know kind of performance of those two brands versus uh our competition or etc so yeah one thing uh decalb's done very well and if, if you could take a step back and take a look at our planting windows getting shorter and shorter every year um a lot of high maintenance corn in the past anymore decalb's made a lineup to where it's it's a plant and go type of you know mentality almost is it you grab a bag you fill your plant and you plant it's it's really been that simplistic anymore decalb has corn that can be placed anywhere uh and you know 
overall packages that can be placed in any circumstances, wet feed, drought, etc., and succeed. Um, so that's where I guess I find the decal blind so attractive is it takes kind of the stress out of it at times. It, it makes some of those decisions for you. Um, you don't have to be too conscious. Now, there's some that will succeed in, in places better than others, but I will say that DeKalb's made a, an effort to have a full lineup um, in our maturity ranges that can success across any acre. I'll, I'll echo what Dan said there. You know, we're extremely fortunate. DeKalb and our lead envisions really are the most consistent hybrids on the market. I mean, I'm just calling a spade a spade. There are some other things that can perform well from time to time, but to have that consistency, um, no matter what conditions it gets thrown at, you know, at that crop is huge. And, um, you know, whenever you fill the planter with the cow, you have that confidence that turns off wet, turns off dry, turns off hot. Um, I mean, they just have one heck of a set of genetics that, uh, that performs in almost any condition. You know, they're, we do custom tailor some things to certain acres, but even if they wind up in the wrong place, they're generally not a, you know, they're generally not a disaster. Uh, it's just, it's got that consistent top end um, that really br- brings good ROI to the farm. You guys have given us a lot of information here with, with everything that's kind of gone on from last year and this fall. Is is there anything else before we before we wrap up, wrap this up? Anything else you want to mention or say that, Kind of you, you saw this fall. Any any observations? Anything that surprised you? Anything that disappointed you? Just just anything in general. I think that more data and, and stuff in the in the field. More importantly, we're consistently getting better performance out of fuller season corn hybrids, and that can be said for both lineups, the Decalb and the Envision. And I think um, sometimes we get scared of wet corn or how how wet's my corn going to be. And I understand that we. Um, every diff- every operation is different as far as handling grain in the fall, but um, I would just urge you to talk to your crop specialist and, and kind of spread your risk a little bit and don't be afraid to try a fuller season hybrid. And uh, I guess on the, on the bean side, it's almost directly opposite. It seems like <clears throat> when I first started, man, we didn't hardly get below a 3.8 and we're planting low to mid-group fours and and I think uh, as I look at a lot of this data and, and go from farm to farm, it, it really does look like the, the bean yields. And, and maybe it's a function of, of we're all planting beans early now, um, earlier than we used to do as well. But uh, I think that sweet spot's getting to be in that 3.3 three to 3.7, three, 3.8 three, range for, for my area. Maybe not so much Dan's, but uh, so don't, don't limit yourself uh, to – to being in the same rut of doing what you've always done, I guess, uh, when it comes to hybrids and varieties as far as maturity, um, don't be afraid to branch out a little bit. One thing I'll segue um, on uh, Tyler's point as well is to branch out and uh, trying something new is, is this past year, 2021, fungicide has probably been um, uh, the biggest year that we've ever seen with fungicide application. Uh, I know a lot of times it's, it's market-driven. But uh, this year, some of the performance uh, that we were seeing with a fungicide application, both on corn and soybeans, um, just tells a story for us. And we're coming in uh, to a year, obviously, uh, growers are coming into uh, a time where they're going to start making uh, crop protection decisions for 2022. And uh, 
what a better time to uh, talk to your crop specialist about uh, a fungicide application and uh, pre-booking uh, fungicide application for for corn or soybeans. Uh, obviously, a big buzzword, tar spot uh, hit hit uh, southern rust. You know, fungicides aren't going away, and uh, I think uh, keeping that plant healthy longer is is uh, obviously leading to higher yields at the end of the day. I know we're a relatively young group here, but doesn't not seem like these uh, fungicides are becoming more economical um, as an overall yield response. I mean, if you talk to the older generation that still farms today, they, I guess there's a lot of inconsistencies with fungicide, and that's where the skepticism comes in. Um, seems like these packages anymore. It seems like there there is a more consistent yield response with these newer fungicides. Definitely the. Uh, uh you know, going from a single mode of action. I mean, fungicides have been around. You remember the old headline days? They they were one of the first to, to really market the uh, the idea of fungicides and those products. And then you know you had Quilt Quilt XL, and you know they've all evolved from there. Sorry, Chris, I'm moving the mic closer to me. <laughs> Got to make it fun. Uh, but you know our our products have really have you know evolved. I mean, you you can go back 15 years and. Uh, probably the data would read that in the, you know, the history of all fungicides, uh, it reads, you know, 11 to 12 bushel increase. And, and that, that number I think is getting, um, larger and larger and being, um, more representable with these new products, uh, and multiple modes of actions and three modes of actions. And there's a lot more R and D going into fungicides anymore. And, uh, let's, let's call a spade a spade. There's probably a lot more money when it comes to the basic manufacturer, uh, those producers making those products, uh, application timings, those sorts of things, and overall cost to handle those products are, are, are a little less uh, than others. Um, so, but definitely the evolution of the, uh, the fungicide products itself has brought a better, well-rounded uh, agronomic package um, tied with your uh, corn varieties, which you know, our guys also, or our seed company is also tailor, you know, their specific hybrids based upon, or have an idea based upon their fungicide response and, and, uh, opportunity of, uh, profitability based on that, uh, um, fungicide response. But, you know, all that aside, um, fungicides have evolved, uh, tremendously and, and definitely going from those single mode of actions to those two and three mode of action products have brought a lot better, uh, replicable i guess that's how you say that uh just kind of throw those words together matt and uh <laughs> yeah uh, i i think that's a that's a great uh, thought there is that it's it is these new products bringing bringing a lot of weight and you're seeing a lot of separation between the old products and the new products especially as these diseases evolve as well so jason looks like you want to say something yeah i mean uh i'm don't think of myself as old, but I mean, whenever I started working around ag retail back in like 06, uh, I know I got these gray hairs for a reason. Um, it, uh, y- you know, we were, we were spraying a lot of single mode stuff and yeah, consistency just wasn't there. Uh, I mean, there'd be time we'd have 20, 30 bushel response, but a lot of the time it'd be five bushel break even, you know, maybe 10 and yeah, any more, I mean, these, these new three-mode fungicides are just in a completely different class. And, uh, I mean, their residuals last so much longer. Um, have you ever seen any comparisons of some of the older generation of fungicides versus these new ones? I mean, they last 
two and three X the amount of time um, some of those originals do. And I think that's where it's almost getting to be a, a no brainer. I mean, it's economic every year. Yeah. You guys know I, I preach fungicides um, and to you guys uh, to obviously get out there and promote to your customers. But you know, if there's one, one real practice that a, you know, a grower that's not doing today and um, what he should be doing to implement, you know, fungicides is probably going to be the single one largest or uh, opportunity that, that uh, for an economic benefit, get a better ROI is, um, you know, spray a fungicide corn or soybeans, you know, it's, it's the single most effective, um, biggest opportunity. So good point, Matthew. Anything else you guys want to chat about? And these guys have been dying to, to talk about wheat and, uh, you know, I'll let it, Dan. It's been mentioned several times. I, I'll let Dan speak about wheat. He's he is the wheat king. Um, he is in Madison County, where uh, you know wheat is, is grown uh, more so than McCoupin and Montgomery. But uh, I'll say my two cents about wheat is a, a very profitable crop. Has been a very profitable crop. I did see today. I don't know where it finished out, but we're above eight dollars on the board uh, for wheat. So you know, my my interpretation of wheat is. Uh, manage it uh, to the hill uh you're gonna come out um great and then tailor that with uh, uh double crop soybeans and, and in any you know in these market prices uh it's probably going to be more profitable than a single crop so dan what what do you want to say about wheat no i everything you just said there um it is a very profitable crop when you look at you know what these yield potentials are, followed by what these soybeans can do being planted at the latter part of June and early part of July. Um, it really is amazing how uh, how it all comes together. Um, FS really does have a lineup there with an early season wheat that has a heavy test weight um, that can be placed into these mills. So we're, we're very fortunate um, to have two mills in our selling geography. Uh, that will pay a premium. That will take that along with our river market. Um, so really, the the acre for the wheat double crop, it, it's been you know uh, ignored for some time. But right now, it's really coming uh, coming together as one of the most profitable parts um, and should be considered. Uh, you do need to manage it. I mean, um, when I speak of it being profitable, you have to you know timing uh fungicides etc you need to manage it and it, but it will reward you who doesn't like getting the combine twice a year on the same acre right and get your july 4th ruined by <laughs> cutting wheat oh, come on. yeah <laughs> high-end managers they cut it in june yeah 20 plus percent. yeah you yeah you and and there there is a point to be made there. You can dry wheat and you will be okay. There's 10, I mean, other things I could be doing my time that's selling wheat though. <laughs> but no, I know it is hard to stop harvest in the fall and and work ground or or get that drill out. I know it it sounds painful, and it is. It really is to stop harvest uh, to start <clears throat> sowing another crop, but it will reward you that next year. Um, and let's be honest, some of you guys, you could afford to put some weed in. You got some hellacious washouts. <laughs> <laughs> you like so, working every grade. Yeah. So, so I, I think it you would be like nice to, to reward our operators with, with some smoother fields. Um, anyways, I, I, I digress. But, no, I, I really do think it should be considered. And uh, I really do think uh, that uh, you'd enjoy your, your July 4th in a combine. 
so you guys have, you know, thank you for your time today. You guys have given us a lot of good information. Uh, we're definitely going to have you uh, have this. What is it? The, the crops crew? Was that crops the, guys. Crops guys. Sorry. I like the I, crops crew. Crops crew. Yeah. Crops guys. Maybe we can do a, have a poll. In, in like a hashtag to, or something. To, to vote. See what the, what, what, yeah. what the name would be. So, once again, thank you for all the information and the time today. We're recording now before the end of the year. This will this will uh, go out there in January. So as we close twenty one and begin twenty two, what kind of resolutions do you guys have for the upcoming year? Uh, less Casey stops, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that breakfast pizza's good, but boy, it's 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 adding to the belt line. <laughs> hey, at least he's truthful. <laughs> Drop the mic. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so less cases. What, what else we have in this room? My, uh, I, I don't really set uh, too many New Year's resolutions uh, or, or any at all, really. But uh, one thing that I do always wish for is just a healthy, healthy family. I think you're the only one that's, that's feeling bad. My family does like Casey's pizza, so it probably doesn't contribute to their health, though. It's maybe bad health. It's all right, Matthew. I'm with Matt. I can't really say it. I've given a whole lot of thought to a New Year's resolution at the moment. <sighs> Me either. I always struggle, even if I think about it. So, so you guys had the opportunity to pick Dan up. <laughs> And uh, help him out here. And you guys are just like one by one, just completely, completely crushed him. Dan's in his hole. Yeah, that's fine, guys. I'll just improve myself. You guys stay the same. Yeah, he's the only one truthful about himself, I guess. About you, Tony. I mean, I can tell you. I can tell you what. I'm a lotto. My resolution every year since I've been a child, and it will always be until I can make it through, is uh, you know to try to eliminate sarcasm. And until I can do that, it's, it's going to be a continued goal. I thought you were going to say like finish a book or something. I was going to I was going to agree with no, you. I, I don't think I've ever finished a book. I read consistently. <laughs> uh, that's not that's not not a problem. I like your resolution in ending sarcasm. I mean, you will you will die before you ever uh, you know are able to to come forth. And there's no point go, of a, go an entire year. There's no point of a goal if it's not lofty. Yeah, but that one, you might as well just kick that Shoot for the moon, land in the stars type of thing. You know? What do you say? I can't hear him. Shoot for the moon, land in the stars, guys. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the old adage. Let's go. Yeah, I don't really have a, a, a resolution at this time, Tony. I uh, you know, I, I can't agree uh, anymore with uh, you know what, what has been said here already. And specifically, I don't really have anything. Happy, okay. healthy. All right, thank you guys for coming in today. The Crops crew, we're going to dub you guys. So you did great. You'll be asked in again. Don't be surprised. So if um, any of our listeners want to hear more on any of the topics we've discussed today, um, they can contact one of their crop specialists or message one of our social medias, comment on our podcast um, as always, feel free to follow and share. If you have any other topics you'd like to hear us discuss, just let us know. This has been FS Uncovered, the podcast of Eminem Service Company. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Podbean or your supported podcast app.